Hey everybody, welcome to Wayne In with Wayla SMD. My name is Sherry Stoka and I am here today with Pete Sarzant, who is a current client of, of mine. And I've been working with Pete for a couple years now and he definitely has a very a very unique story and a very successful story to share. But Pete and I talk a lot about different topics, different weight loss strategies. And today he is going to be grilling me because he's very interested in hearing more about weight loss strategies, the myths that are out there, why there is all of this misinformation out there about how you should lose weight. And at the end of the day, most of the time, it's not very successful. I mean, it's not a happy topic to talk about failure. Right. But no, but we're going to put a twist on it, a twist to it and kind of debunk the myths and give, you know, what the what the more effective strategies are. We're going to aim more towards success. We are. Turn the corner at failure and go back the other way. Yeah. Maybe just tweak some of those strategies a little bit to uncover some of those, um, you know. And I think for me, as somebody who's didn't know anything about this. One would argue still don't know anything about it. But when I first started, or before I started, I should say, uh, I would hear all these different diets. And I remember very distinctly sitting there the first time I heard of, I don't know if we should name them by name, but I heard of the paleo diet. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I remember my coworkers talking about this at a party and what, the, what it all involves. And I, all I remember thinking is, boy, if that's healthy and if that's a diet, the heck with that. Not an exact quote. Um, I said, right. that, I don't want to do that. And the same thing when I heard some of these other trendy things that are out there. But there's a ton of them, Sherry. If you go to Google and you Google weight loss, you're going to find all of these different things out there. I mean, the Atkins diet, they have a whole line of foods. There's all of this out there. We're inundated they with weight loss it, yeah. information. <laughs> it's crazy. It is crazy. It's totally crazy. And at the end of the day, all of... All of this is is really it doesn't it doesn't benefit the masses, right? So, and the direction that we're going in health and nutrition and wellness is really personalizing nutrition and personalizing health for people because, like you just mentioned, um, just a short time ago, that everyone is so different, and so these fad diets and and you know can benefit very very short term, but at the end of the day, you really have to dig a little deeper and identify what's going to work for you long term. We didn't go through a list of myths, so these are in no particular order, but the one that pops into my brain is, well, if you just cut out X, you're all good to go, you're going to be healthy, and you're going to lose weight. Yes. Why is that a myth, Sherry Stoka? Well, right. Okay, so there's so many there's so many, you know, fad diets out there that are eliminating just certain things. So the keto diet is a good example, right? Because you're eliminating carbs altogether. You're eliminating sugars altogether. And so while that may be effective for some people, it's not a long-term sustainable healthy plan for most people because you really are restricting a very important food group. And and that particular food group really does benefit our guts and it really feeds the healthy bacteria in our gut. So, so that is just one example, but that's kind of how 
fad diets are developed, it's like, okay, let's eliminate like the paleo, you know, I don't even, all these details, I don't really even You got to eat like those, a caveman. Like, and I says, how do they know yeah, what the no heck dairy, a caveman no. ate? <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, it doesn't make a lot of sense if you really pick it apart, I guess. Yeah. And it can't be, it can't be painful, you know? So I think, and you know, going back to even just your experience, which obviously, you know, in, in this form, we're not going to really get into. That's a future podcast. So stick around. Yeah, exactly. But eliminating, you know, certain essential nutrients long-term is, is obviously um, not going to benefit you in the long term. And I wonder if that is just something that in, in the American mindset overall is we want something quick. We want it easy. We want simple solutions to some of these problems. We don't want to change our lifestyle. We don't want to change our behavior long-term. We want to do all the same lousy things we've always done, but be healthy. And I would imagine that's another myth that you can eat your cake and eat it some more too, right? (laughs) Well, and I think, you know, and I think that's where a lot of confusion lies because people are, they are desperate. And when they hear something, they're like, oh, so is that what I was doing wrong the whole time? So if I just do this, like this is going to work for me. And so they, they just keep trying these different tactics. And that's where for me as a just wellness kind of freak nutrition. I mean, we do so much here, but when you, when you hear people come in time and time again, that they've tried this, it didn't work, try this. And it's like, what are we, what are we feeding people that we're just creating more confusion and more, more failures out there. And the, and more frustration. So then people say, well, I just can't do it. I think I told you about the documentary about the guy who lost weight on one of these reality TV series. I mean, it might have been what, the biggest one ever, the most weight loss, mm-hmm. and gained it all back because he went back to his normal life, and he would sit at his desk and work, and he'd be hungry. Well, what do you do when you're hungry? You eat, and mm-hmm. you eat all day, and he wasn't given the tools. So he did the crash weight loss. You could show up on TV every week and took off 10 more pounds or 20 more pounds, right. but not in a sustainable way. So I would imagine crash dieting is another big myth that, well, I can just not eat or eat very ca- large calorie restriction without a plan. And that's, that's the healthy way to lose weight. Really, it's not at all. Well, okay. So that, that is a whole topic in itself because we've been told for so long that you need to restrict your calories and you need to exercise more. That is, that is setting someone up for disaster. Exactly. Like the, the guy, the what was the show called? I think it was Biggest Loser. Yeah, yep. yeah, exactly. So when you when you restrict calories, obviously you're putting your body into kind of a, a conservation, more of a starvation mode. So it's a stress on the body, right? Stress on the body is is not always good. It's good short term. It's not good long term. So you're putting a little bit of stress on your body, and then you're exercising more. So now you're creating a double whammy of stress on the body, and and they're not factoring they're not factoring in what what the person is losing. So when you're restricting and in a stress state like that, you are literally losing muscle mass. So this particular and people that do this over and over again, they, they gain the weight back so quickly because the second they gain a little, it's, they've lost all that muscle mass Mm -hmm. and now they're just gaining the fat back. And so this is where it just becomes that vicious cycle. So I do, I do believe in the short term, very effective, quick weight loss if you do it right, Mm -hmm. because with the plan, with a plan, because you people 
need that they need to see results to stay motivated because they're so used to losing so slowly. And when they see this and they're like, I can't, they can't believe it. Then you're like, okay, now you're, now you're getting somewhere with them and you're, you know, gaining momentum on that front. And maybe that's kind of an extreme example I gave, but I've talked to people and even some who are not in it, but they hear, well, it can, you know, really sweat it out at the gym and then I can just eat whatever I want after and drink whatever I want afterwards to excessive that because I sweat it all out at the gym as if it's a one-to-one calories in calories out. That's another myth, right? Yeah, exactly. And how many times, and I, you know, just the gym, people in the gyms and are doing these HIIT workouts and they're exercising so much and they're overweight. And, and again, the thing about calories in versus calories out, the body is always trying to maintain a balance, you know, maintain what we call homeostasis. So if you are exercising two hours a day, which is a ton, mm-hmm. your body's going to conserve more of the calories that you ate. So it, the more you exercise, the more it's going to go into, into kind of that, that starvation type of mode. So you can never, ever, ever, ever out exercise a poor diet. The diet is, is, is the main part of weight loss. It's like 80%, 20%. So Anyone out there who, who does that, because a lot of people do it and they still do it and they're, and they come, people come into us and they say, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I have been following this 1400 calorie diet. I exercise every single day. I can't lose weight. Well, that's why, because you, you're not doing it. You're not doing it right. You're not doing it in balance. That's why I always appreciate, you know, with my gym, they emphasize the nutrition and they emphasize the rest, right? It's not, they're not going to let you do the two hours and not work on the nutritional part. Because I see, just like you do, people who are really committed to it. I mean, going to the gym 20 times a month, maybe more, and you know, every weekday with possibility, doing classes, and they struggle with the, they struggle with the nutritional part. And again, some of it is that information. You can set up a workout regimen. You got to eat three times a day, right? Like you have to figure it out and do it right every time. And that's where, uh, that's where a lot of the struggle comes in. I mean, I've been working at it for two years and I'm still, we were talking before we, we started here about still tweaking cooking plans and, and figuring life out. And, um, that's again, I think where some of these myths pop up is, Oh, it's easy. You just dot, dot, dot. Well, and even some people who mean, well, I see them on social media, uh, put out videos or whatever and say meal prep. It's just this easy. And I go, yeah, it is, but you don't have three kids. I mean, yeah. I don't either, but you don't have three kids yeah. and a job and a spouse, right? Like, sure, it's yeah. just that easy. Um, yeah. So again, I think that some people, even in the wellness community, mean well, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not always very realistic and, and very practical. Yeah, absolutely. And and the key, and you make a couple very important points. And the first is you, you're constantly working on things and you're constantly changing things. And sometimes for, you know, for some people eating three times a day is awesome for some, it's not going to work. And, um, the perfect example, I just, I met with one of our, our VIP patients the other day, she's doing so well. And she was frustrated because she was plateauing for about two weeks and she, same story. She came in, she's like, 
exercise an hour and a half. I'm following this. I'm, and I'm like, okay, let's just tweak this. She was eating every three hours. I'm like, okay. So all it is, is just knowing how to kind of tweak certain things. And then she started to see the weight loss. So again, it's kind of not to overcomplicate it because we don't want to do that. It does not need to be overcomplicated, but people just need to start thinking differently and stop, stop thinking that just by reducing your calories and incorporating exercise, it's just not going to work. It hasn't worked forever. We've been talking about physical activity. We could go on for these myths and do separate podcasts, I think, on all of mm-hmm. them. And in some cases we have. But on the nutritional front, uh, there's a lot of food myths. And some of it has its roots in marketing. It's fat-free, Sherry, so it must be good for me. Right? Yes. Well, I know. And I think I think people are kind of coming around with the fat free. I mean, that right. was probably That's a like classic in the, example, right? Yeah, that was like that was like the you know the snack well years. <laughs> I think that was like in the nineties yeah. when everyone bought fat free everything, and that's when the obese. That's actually when the obesity rate skyrocketed because of all the sugar that replaced. But it's only a hundred pa- only a hundred calories I of sugar. I know, yeah. I know, and there's there's a you know a lot of people that that I you know, talk to that are not in the wellness, but those they'll say that, you know, a calorie is a calorie. Mm -hmm. It does not matter if you eat (laughs) a hundred calories of this or a hundred calories, the same thing. And if that couldn't be further from the truth, you know, I think a hundred calories of broccoli is a little different than a hundred calories of, of, uh, I was going to say Ohio that you can't eat that of Oreos, Oreos, (laughs) Oreos. Yeah. Just a little bit, right? Or the chili from Cincinnati. Can't eat a hundred calories of that ever, but that's another story. Yes. Another day. Yes. Um, but yeah, food and again, some of it is marketed. Um, there's buzzwords that are out there. Again, we, I know you would always say get organic things, but you want to do your homework on like what's organic and what's organic, right? Like how are they marketing? Is it actually done? So there's, again, I wish there was a magic pill or a magic bullet that says, just do this, but it takes work. You got to do your homework with a lot of these things and don't always trust the front of the package. Read the back of the package. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And we just actually put out um, a document to help people navigate the grocery store because it's, so important because it can, the box can look amazing, right? It has that natural look. It's got green writing. It's GMO, you know, free of GMOs. And you turn it over and you're like, what? (laughs) How many grams of sugar is in there? There's like 25 grams of added sugar. So it, it is really about flipping it over. I mean, it's the first thing, if I'm eating something that I'm not, that I'm not familiar with, I'm flipping it over and I'm looking at what they're adding to it because you know right away if it's if it's good or bad by what they're adding to it. And I always look for the sugars, of course, because they can add, th- that's what people don't understand is like the natural sugars and then just, you can add a ton of added sugars and it could be real sugar, natural, you know, but it's destroying the the nutritional value of that food. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's cane sugar. It's not even like I'm putting a, tablespoon of honey in my tea right you know and there's some kind of benefit you know and antibacterial or whatever to it it's just processed sugar right and they do it to something like even peanut butter you think well all right that's a nut butter i can have a reasonable amount of that no i'd be very careful about that because again this is an american thing europeans look at us weird i don't know if you're aware of this they look at our food and they go what what's in there 
Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's all, yeah. we're just sugar addicts in this country. Yeah. I have had a number of clients who are from another, from other countries and they moved to the U.S. and gained a lot of weight. Diet, really, they tried to, you know, kind of manage eat how they were eating, but what they were, what was, what's in our food is just causing all of this insulin resistance. It's causing, you know, toxicity because of the processedness, the processed, processed foods. So you, we really need to be, um, you know, advocates for, for ourselves for sure. And do your, again, I wish, I would love to sit here and tell you, boy, it's easy. Because that would be easier to market. It's like an easy plan, which is why these things exist, because you can market things that are easier and people will spend their hard-earned dollars and cents on them because they think this is what's going to do it. I mean, I wish I could tell people that in good conscience. I just can't. you got to learn these. Added sugar, though, to me is almost like a shortcut, looking at the nutritional label, because that's the one thing in... Um, I think they all, everybody has to post that now on their packages, don't they? Added yes, sugar. Yes, they do. Yes. So if you see, I think the, what you had told me a long time ago was five grams, right? Like if it's above that. Of added it, sugar. Of added sugar. Yeah. Put it, put it back. Yeah. I mean, even, I mean, you know, some people are a little, they avoid it altogether, but I will say just to go back to what you said, because you know, you, you, you just said that you wish it was easier. It actually can, if you choose real food. Mm -hmm. So if you just eat vegetables and fruit and meat and eggs and like actual real food, then if you stick to that, then you don't have to worry about the packages. You don't have, you're not turning anything over. Um, you're not looking at what, you know, if something lasts for six months, it's not real. Right. Cereal lasts for three years. Okay. Three years. Were you telling me about the cereal box at the museum? (laughs) <laughs> that still is like it's like a hundred years old <laughs> still. I didn't hear that but I do have some collectible cereal boxes and uh they, they're past their expiration date I'll put it to that way so I'm not about to find out okay. what's inside but they like it probably looks the same there was I'm sure it would just be a little stale it wouldn't you know yeah be that far off but uh but there's no I mean it's no nutritional value to that so it yeah can stay on my shelf right as a collector's item Right. Um, but the added sugar is such a big one. That's the one I always come back to telling people. Um, and the other thing is I have a buddy who always points out, if you're, think of how the grocery store is laid out. Think of what's on the periphery of the store. It's usually, correct. you know, yes. it's usually your, your fruits and veggies foods, yep. and then just kind of skip the bakery. Um, but then you get the meat and you get the dairy and you get, you know, the cheese. And so work around the periphery. It's the stuff in the aisles that doesn't need like the refrigeration or the easy swap out. Right. Got to watch out for. Yeah. I would say the one, you know, I think canned foods can come, um, can be handy, you know, of course, depending on what you choose, but like beans and lentils and canned, you know, uh, some people will say don't eat out of can at all because it has its own issues. But, but again, you know, you could drive yourself nuts <laughs> and, um, but yeah, no, absolutely. The, the perimeter and the obvious, you know, the obvious aisles that are like the deadly aisles. Right. Well, and then if you think of like even the freezer aisle, I mean, if you've frozen fresh fruit for smoothies and that is, is convenient, even vegetables. Oh yeah, absolutely. Telling you my rice cauliflower, I mean, cauliflower and oh, come yeah. out of the ground rice. There's a little processing there. 
but it's but neck, not but it's not not a, not, a, not the no, same thing exactly yeah. it's so minimal it, it, and sometimes it's fresh and then they freeze right freeze away, it right so, away. and yeah. that's i was gonna i was gonna say that's what you have to look for i mean there are brands that they specialize mm-hmm. and even with and this is i think another and again i don't <clears throat> meal prepping is obviously the gold standard. You sit down, you do your grocery list, this is what you're going to do. Not always practical. No, it's not. So so I think um, a myth would be is that you have to do it that way to have results. What I have found, and this was what works for me, is that there, and this is a way our society is changing a little bit, there are more and more, at least more convenient ways to still be healthy and do it on the go. And I think that comes down to, uh, so I guess the myth I'm getting is that the myth of meal prep. It's a gold standard, but there are other ways to, to go about and still have success. There are. There are because, well, number one, there's so many companies out there now that are really trying to address this issue. And thank God, because I think I've tried every single company. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, because I don't, I don't spend a lot of time in the kitchen and I'm, and I'm not a good cook either. So that's like double whammy, right? But, but I do have, I do have kids, so I do have to, you know, have good healthy meals, but yeah, it's, it is definitely doable because let's face it, people are very, very busy and the convenience foods, that is what people are eating. They're throwing in the pizzas, they're throwing in the chicken nuggets. And this is just setting the stage for this continuous health issue. So, so I agree. I mean, we've, I've used all of the different, you know, options out there and try different things and finally have come to a place where it's doable and I'm not spending all this time at night, you know, cooking and meal prepping. Right. And again, if it's, if that's your discipline and you can do it more power to you, but it doesn't, doesn't work for everybody. So that's why I always try to put these in. It's not easy, but it can be practical. So I think that that's, that's an important, uh, important thing to take away is you don't, yeah. it, listen, the drive through is convenient, but it's not the best thing. There again, if you're on the fly, you should probably know the drive throughs that are better than others. Because there again, there are some companies that make a concerted effort to have a healthier menu on the go that's mm-hmm. are prepped and ready to go. Maybe not the arches, right? But like some of the. the but what some what of the are other, those? Can you can you name any? Because I can't think of any on top. Of my head. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll let everyone. It's not any of the big three. I'll put okay. it to you that way. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, but uh, there is there is the the chicken based place where I can get the grilled chicken, you know, wrap and it, it's it's pr- with the side salad and it's pretty oh, decent. Oh, yeah. absolutely. So, I mean, there's definitely better choices that you can make. Yeah. Um, again, I wouldn't do it every day and make it my regular diet, but if you're in a pinch. These are these are some of the things that uh, that you need to stick to. I think the other myth, and again, you're not. I know you're not a six day meal person. Like eat six small meals, but you can have a snack in the afternoon. Like you don't have to sit there and starve and wait for that next meal. There are ways to bridge that gap and to do it in a healthy way, right? Yeah. So again, depending on like what the rest of the day looks mm-hmm. like, and depending on what your your meals look like. And so that's kind of a loaded type of question. Absolutely. Well, that's why I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's different for everybody. Well, yes. So what we definitely do know is that every time you eat and you spike up your blood sugars and insulin obviously is, is also spiked, that makes it very difficult to burn fat. Mm-hmm. So you can eat, and I t- explain this to people all the time, you can eat very healthy and you can even eat within your 
what you think is your your ideal caloric range. But if you're constantly spiking your blood sugars and insulin all throughout the day, you will be a sugar burner. You will never dip into the fat stores because the body always goes to carbs and sugar first. So yes, it's okay to have snacks, but I think you have to you have to look at your overall plan and make sure you're you're going periods of time without food at least five to six hours because that's when you dip into those fat stores. And that segues into one of my favorite myths that I have to fight. I don't know, maybe fight's the wrong word, but intermittent fasting is just skipping breakfast. Myth? I know. I mean, I know it is. Oh, but, yeah. just skip. Oh, yeah, are you saying this, it's the only way to do Well, this is the only- argument that I hear is when I tell people, you know, I'm an intermittent faster and they'll say, well, you're just skipping breakfast. Okay. But I mean, yeah. Okay. I guess technically. Yeah. But that's not what intermittent fasting is. It's not starving yourself. Oh, right. And it's not skipping meals as such. There's again, a strategy and a plan to it, which makes all the difference in the world. Well, right. And first, like we, we usually don't, we usually say, you know, you're just, you're pushing your breakfast back a little bit. I mean, and there's, and there's, there's so many different ways to intermittent fast and, and be very successful with it. The key to intermittent fasting is eating within a shorter window mm-hmm. of time because then it leaves a larger window of a fat burning opportunity. So, um, another piece to that is, you know, for, you know, whoever said that to you, it's just skipping breakfast. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess you could say that, but if you're just skipping breakfast and then eating at midnight, well, you're not doing really any any good, if right? If you're skipping breakfast and then eating 4,000 calories, exactly. it's not, you, okay, you skipped breakfast. But if you're just restricting the meal window, and again, these are all things people have opinions on. Right. It's just my experience. But when you talk about spiking the blood sugar, well, you're doing, for 16 hours, you're not doing that. And now as active as you can be in that time, you're giving your body that opportunity to burn the fat. In fact, again, it was a conversation we had earlier. That's one of the things I think about is fat burning during that time. So it's been incredibly successful for me. Those little bites of food, those little handfuls of something throughout the day, it just took you out of that, that fat burning mode. And, and I will, I I do want to touch a little bit on like the calories because there are a lot of really super smart people out there that think if you intermittent fast and you do it effectively, calories don't matter. And I disagree with that. I think you always have to be mindful and you have to listen to your body because you're not going to overeat if everything's working and you're eating the proper foods. I mean, there might be some times where you just, you know, you're hungrier because it's just the nature of our body. But, um, yeah, there's a very um, well-known physician who who will say it over and over again that calories don't matter, calories don't matter. And, and I do, even though I'm not a calorie counter and I don't like people to do it, it helps people have a better understanding of what, what their threshold is, right? Mm-hmm. Where they should, people need to, that's an education opportunity. I mean, know? again, I think of it as fueling your car. Mm-hmm. If your car's on E, you're going to put gas in it. If it's on F, well, you're obviously not, or you shouldn't, right? You're going to overflow it. Your body is the same way. It needs fuel. Um, exactly. But you need exactly. to, put the, you need to put the right amount of, you can't overfill the tank. And you need to feed and you need to give it clean fuel. Exactly. It lasts longer. Yeah. You can't <laughs> use that recycled stuff. It's worth the extra money. <laughs> I, when I'm filling up my gas, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe the difference between the 
premium and the the lower the lower grade and i'm like you know what it's just like the body it's like it's worth it to me right now because my car is going to last longer yeah yeah well you do the regular maintenance right yeah. if you skip out on oil changes well you're going to you're going to spend more in a new exactly. car sooner exactly so uh so yeah that's your body well your body is a machine so you that's have to right. maintain it the same way uh, and so it's not just uh, I want to make sure we touch on this too. It's not just, we talked about diet and exercise, but lifestyle plays a big role in that. And I don't know, you know, everybody knows you're supposed to get a certain amount of sleep. You're supposed to drink a certain amount of water. You're supposed to, you know, de-stress and all that. Again, there's so many, so much information, maybe misinformation that mm-hmm. circulates with, you gotta get your eight hours of sleep and you gotta tell us a little bit about the lifestyle myths that are out there. Yeah. So, um, I think they're underestimated. I think the lifestyle piece is so significant. And I think we all just in this more of like the healthcare system and you see it online, you're like, oh, you got to get your sleep and, you know, make sure you control your stress. But if you dig deep, I and we, we are starting to spend a lot more time helping people understand what that means because of its significance in your health. And, um, you know, stress, the big thing with stress is the way our body was designed is to be, to go through stressful situations, um, sporadically. And it really, it, the stress back, you know, at the beginning of time was really running from like animals. So your body was like in a stress state, it'd go in conservation mode, your cortisol would, would spike. And then when you, you know, found a safe place, your cortisol would come back down. And, and that's totally fine, healthy for the body. Now, now what's happening is we're constantly running from these tigers constantly. The cortisol is elevated and it never, ever comes down. So now, you know, there's this, these adrenal problems, there's this, you know, cortisol that's now, you know, it's a fat storing hormone. So now you can't really burn fat at all because now it's, you know, causing, you know, causing those types of issues because it increases the appetite. It's just this slew of, of issues that happens when you're in a stress state and you see it people walking around they're like they have this anxiety energy you know they talk super fast and they're talking about all the things they got to do it's like this this stress that never ever just it's like they're never calm yeah, yeah yeah and and I explain I tell my uh my employees all the time I'm like I felt like I was up against the wall during that because it was like you just feel that you feel the anxiety. Like you get out of breath because it's like yes. you just ran a race. I know it's I exhausting. I know so I have a friend like that. It's like talking to this person is, oh boy, that conversation happened about thirty Took everything seconds. Out of yeah, you. it's like wow, that went by fast. Yeah, yeah, and and that is a, a state that you you have to get to a good place before you want to attack your weight loss. Without a doubt. I mean, and we talk a lot about my journey starting two years ago. I would actually argue it probably started more like five, just with the mental part of it and the de-stressing okay. and dealing with the you know anxieties and mm-hmm. everything else. Because, if, you know, if I would have, uh, I'm not sure I would have had as quick a success. I'll put it to you that way. If I hadn't figured out the, the mental strength of that. Because okay. I didn't the, know that. Yeah. You know, and we can go into this maybe more a little bit and, and dig into deeper later because... Mm-hmm. You know, when I hit the ground, I, I ended up hitting it running to start the weight loss. Again, I don't know that I could have done that earlier on mm. dealing with maybe some other. And not that I was, I remember the day I started here. I was not having a great day, mm-hmm. but it didn't matter because I could focus on doing this and I'd 
you know, found some coping and <laughs> other mechanisms. Point being, so it was brain good is timing. the biggest muscle. Yeah, it was. It was it good was timing when we good met. Good timing. Okay, and, I didn't. And, I uh, guess I didn't realize that it was the thought was happening a couple of years before that. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I wasn't. I don't. I don't think I would have sat here at that point mm-hmm. five years ago or or six years ago and said, well. Seven years ago, it's twenty one now. Okay, uh, yeah. time flies. Um, but anyway, mm-hmm. I don't think I would have sat there and plotted out this journey. It was just I got to get a handle on my mental on stress mm-hmm. and anxiety because it's going to literally kill me. Yeah, Li- I mean that was that was the point. I, I felt like I don't, I don't think I've talked about this on the record anywhere. Come to think of it, so mm-hmm. the bottom line is if you don't get your brain in order and you don't get your emotions in order, mm-hmm. it's going to be very difficult to navigate any of these things, especially Mm -hmm. when food becomes your coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. The other thought about what you were saying is, you know, we exist for a long time in a pretty much just, um, I won't call it a blind existence, but our bodies came together meeting its environment and and passing genes to the next generation, living long enough to pass your genes along. Mm -hmm. And then at a certain point, we became self-aware and we started to direct our own ship with different priorities than just passing genes, still a priority, but all these other things. And so we see that our bodies don't meet that challenge because that's not what they were created to do, not what they, not how they function. So until we can catch up with our, our bodies catch up with our lifestyles, this is this disconnect. And we're so largely unaware of it because I don't, again, I don't mean to put negative terms on this, like we're self-absorbed, but we're so absorbed in our, in our day-to-day we don't realize, again, we're on the tail end of all of this history where things work so differently for so long. Mm-hmm. And it's so foundational to our bodies and our beings. And we just, and then we wonder why the disconnect happens. Oh well, yeah. Gosh. Oh my gosh. Of course it does. I of course mean, it's going to disconnect. I mean, it's, why would you expect it to be different? It's, it's almost like, it's almost like if, if, if we didn't live in our body, we would just leave it on the curb and let it <laughs> die and just and join the rat race. Yeah. Right. And, and I mean, just float away. (laughs) Yeah. It's like we, we care as humans, we care for so much and we do. And, and, but we don't care enough about our own self. And that's what we really try to instill with our patients. And I use this analogy all the time because I just think it's, I think it's people can everyone, because people can resonate with it on an airplane, right? We all flew the Flight, flight attendant says to you, mask comes down. If you are with your child, be sure to put your mask on first, then put your child's on. And every time I hear that, because the first time I heard it and I was with my child, I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm putting my child's on. And mm-hmm. then I'm put. but it's just such a symbol of how we should treat ourselves because you can't help anyone until you put full focus on yourself and take care of yourself. And that's, and that's really what, what it's all about. We've, we've gotten so far away from listening to our body, listening to the signs, listening to our own needs. And, and that starts with just food for, for one. And then the rest obviously comes into play. All right, Sherry Stoka, always good information. Appreciate that. Now, uh, there's always more information than we have time to get to. So if you want to follow up and learn more about any of these myths we've talked about or 
frankly, anything having to do with health and wellness, you want to check out weightlessmd.com. And if you're thinking about getting started on your weight loss journey, I'm telling you, you're not going to regret it. Check out WeightlessMD, the first appointment, absolutely free. 262-226-2046, weightlessmd.com. And we want to remind you, too, if you're enjoying the Weighing In podcast, Make sure that you like us, share us, say nice things about us, and of course, tell your friends and join us next time. Until then, stay healthy and happy. It's Weighing In with Way Less MD and Wellness and Cherry Stoka.